Well, good morning. This is Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host today, Pam Marvin. It is April the 18th, a Tuesday in the octave of Easter. So happy Easter, everyone. And joining me this morning, we've got our producer, Dennis Maka. Good morning, Dennis. Happy Easter. Jesus is risen. Oh, hallelujah. Truly he is. And my dear, beloved friend, Patty Blazik. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thank you, Pam. Happy Easter. And I want to say a special thank you to Jim Reich and the St. Joseph School for letting you off work this morning to come and talk about Faustina and all the stuff going on at the school as well. Yes. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> I say thank you so much, Jim. Yeah. It's, it's always a good thing that we know that they actually let her off work, you know, because now you're on radio. Yeah. 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 I'm, not, I'm not skipping. I'm <laughs> cover, cover has been blown. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, um, let's go ahead and start off a little bit. I'm going to talk after after the break. Patty and I are going to discuss a lot about Faustina um, because we are right in the middle of the beautiful, probably next to the Holy Souls 30-day no- novena, my, the most beautiful and poetic novena that, that I've come across that that just it just reaches down and touches a part of my soul when you read Christ's intentions for the day. Um, in just such a special way. It's just just really profound. So uh, we wanted to shine some light on Faustina and Divine Mercy itself, but a little bit of the historical aspect and also some of the insights that Faustina shares that uh, has touched. Patty's been one of my main teachers on Faustina. Um, oftentimes, and at social times, we're talking about something, and, and Patty's always got the perfect quote from Faustina that Jesus had given to her, and and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, because I'm so thankful for your devotion. Well, I stumbled upon it accidentally, but I'm well, glad I have it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, yeah. too. But but to start off with, there's a lot going on in our community. Oh, my gosh. In both communities, the Central Texas community, as well as here in the Brazos Valley, where our studio is located. Um, you want me to talk about one? Please. The first one here. We are right upon our first annual... Red Sea Catholic Radio Benefit Dinner for Central Texas. I'm so excited because we are almost completely booked up. Wow. And so if you want, to, we have, I think, room for maybe two more tables. And that's it. And wow. so that's two tables of eight, maybe a couple of individual seats. So if you want to fill up one of those tables or part of one of those tables with individual seats, we only have a few seats left for this benefit dinner. It's coming up this Friday night. At 6.30 p.m. is when the doors open. We've got our wonderful guest speakers, Trey and Stephanie Cashin, from our very own Mystery of Parenthood show. Awesome. Trey is on our board of directors and a very dynamic speaker who will also be talking about sharing in the partnership with Red Sea Catholic Radio. Stephanie is also very dynamic, and those two together are just we're supposed to limit them to about 35, 40 minutes of, of presentation. So <laughs> I might be having to hold the signs up because the Holy Spirit is going to be definitely involved in this presentation, which is the Holy Spirit in the domestic church. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So we're all about family here at Red Sea, which stands for Religious Education for the Domestic Church, which is the family, the domestic church. And Trey and Stephanie are going to be talking about inviting and bringing the Holy Spirit and weaving the Holy Spirit into everything that we do, no matter what your domestic church looks like. If your kids have all flown the nest, if you're a single young adult, if you know, from any stages in between, if you were discerning a priestly or other religious vocation, 
bringing the Holy Spirit into your domestic church is something that we all need to be better at doing, and they're going to give us some good practical advice on ways to do that. I have a question for you. That sounds so rich and lovely. Is there any chance you're going to record it and have it available maybe online after that? Put it on my to-do list. Yeah. And and we'll do our best. I will do our best to see about arranging that. So I will start writing me a note as soon as I stop talking here. So yeah, I typically think about that. We can tag Stephanie on the day of and I go, oh, I need to record this. So yes, yeah. I would love to do that. So stay tuned for that to see if I remember just to even write the note. So, yeah, but it's coming up this Friday at 630 at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. And you can register online at redsearadio.org. Click on Trey and Stephanie's face there. It'll lead to information all about sponsoring a table, buying individual tickets. Um, it's just going to be a great evening. We're going to have wonderful beer and wine, a pork loin, uh, dinner, with all the fixings, dessert, just great fellowship. It, it, our benefit dinners are kind of set aside from from some because ours is so much more casual. And it's just like, hey, you know, you can dress up real, real fancy if you want. But if you don't, hey, come on anyways, because we're all great. Uh, we have that great fellowship of sharing in Red Sea Catholic Radio listenership. And so mm-hmm. – um, They've always been a lot of fun and a lot of time to socialize at the very beginning and, and get up and walk around and uh, just ask any questions you want about Red Sea Catholic Radio. We keep it moving and it's keep the whole evening flowing. It's going to go by very fast and it's going to be very full. So um, only two tables left, like I said. So this is the week that we're getting them and we've actually gotten a, about a table two in the last day, you know, wow. so it's. Picking up. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a full house there. So. Excellent. Uh, by the way, talking about clicking online, I've noticed we've got a new look on our website. Yeah, we've revamped it some to give it a little bit more modern of a look. We're always trying to update that to, to look good. Uh, eCatholic has always been a great, great helper of our station and, and partner with us and many Excellent. other churches. So we revamped that. We're trying to constantly give it some some modern look and get some more involvement in social media. But yeah, just... Use social media to pass the word around about our benefit dinner because it's it's a kind of a critical time right now there in Waco because we need to develop some base foundational donors. If you can't come to the benefit dinner, we would love for you to go on our website, click on donate and be even a small monthly contributor. But those monthly contributions are what keep us on the air. Um, so we're looking to establish our solid foundation of operations, uh, operational expenses and beyond that, we still have our debt reduction to do, which is the purchase of the station. So, you know, thanks be to God, he's given us the opportunity to start a station in Central Texas, just like we have here in the Brazos Valley. Um, we're looking to to keep moving on where God calls us, including Palestine coming up as well. So once again, a reminder, the first annual Red Sea Catholic Radio Benefit Dinner themed God Bless America is going to be at Sacred Heart Catholic Church at 630 this Friday evening in Waco. So it's right off off the highway across from the circle, just south of Waco. Excellent. Excellent. Very excited about it. So that's in our our larger community of the Brazos Valley. So we want to say a special hello and welcome to all of our listeners in the Waco area as well. So I I love it that it's like throughout the whole Brazos Valley now. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's KYAR. KYAR 98.3. We actually have a billboard right on I-35 now, thanks to uh, uh, some great donors and uh, some helpers there. We share a billboard with Blessings Christian Gifts. 
which is in West, mm-hmm. but it's going north just next to the Heart O Texas Speedway. So wow. look for it. It's a great billboard. It has 98.3. Got Catholic questions, get Catholic answers. Excellent. Yeah. So things are moving up. Our first ever billboard and our second station, first benefit dinner coming up this Friday. Lots of Lots of firsts. Mm, that's wonderful. And then not to mention, not to forget to mention, we have our benefit coming up in October. Yeah, the local benefit in Bryan College Station is going to be in October on October nineteenth. If you want to save the date, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to be our be awesome presenter there. So it's going to be a really good good presentation as well. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah it's, we're excited to be able to partner with such great speakers and great great people. No kidding. It's yeah. going to be really awesome. Well, let's look about what's going around town, especially with St. Joseph, Patty, St. Joseph School, I should say. Let me clarify that. There's yeah. a lot going on right now. Can you tell oh, me about it? Yeah, our calendar's really full. But um, <laughs> one thing I want to mention is that we have a pre-K kindergarten roundup coming up on April 29th. That's on a Saturday. It starts at 9 o'clock. And so if you have a child that will be entering pre-K or kindergarten and you always wanted to find out what if Catholic education was right for your child, family. Right. Um, the doors will be open. There'll be a little orientation that starts at nine, um, Q and a, you'll be able to tour the school, meet the teachers, go into the classrooms and, um, there'll be some door prizes. Ooh, no, this is the 29th. Yes. The okay. 29th is on a Saturday morning. So hopefully the kids can come also and, and bring your kiddos and, and check us out. So have you posted that on the Facebook? It's on the Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. on our website. Um, if you want to call the school, it's eight two two six six four three for more information. But um, it's always a lot of fun. We have awesome teachers, and oh, they're no all going to be on hand. And uh, Mr. Reich and and Amy Lavender, our principal, and and so yeah, I'm very thankful for for Catholic education in our community. It's it's really beautiful. Yes, we're the only Catholic school really in this part of the diocese. Uh, in Central Texas, they have St. Mary School in West and St. Louis School in Waco. Uh, those are the uh, per- uh, under, under, not under, I want to say primary. undergraduate, primary, thank you. Primary I like, knew it was a P word. And then they have Riker Catholic Riker. High School yeah, as well. Right. So, it's big. Yeah. So, so great Catholic schools in our listening areas. We're one of the only two Catholic schools that go from pre-K all the way through high school. Does Riker only, only as well? Go. Well, no, Riker's, Riker's high, just school, high school, but okay. it's partnered very closely yes, with yeah. St. Louis. There are a lot Catholic of them that, that feed the feeder schools. Yeah. That is awesome. So, yeah. so we've got pre-K roundup. Um, um, pre-K kinder roundup, mm-hmm. yep, on the 29th. And then um, we also want to make sure that all the high school graduating students from all over the area know about the baccalaureate mass. And that is on May 18th at 6 p.m. at uh, Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel. Um, that would be an opportunity for all high school seniors to come. They get to wear their graduation gowns, no matter what high school you attend in the area. You'll get a blessing from the bishop. And homeschool he, as well. Yes, homeschool mm-hmm. as well. And and he talks directly to the graduates. And then there's a big photo op. It's the, the bishop end. you're referring. The bishop, yeah. yes. He you know he he directs his homily directly to you students, and and it's awesome. And then, then, do they have to RSVP or anything like that? Well, yeah, they do. Um, to you can send your email to me, um, Patty Blazik at sdjosephbcs.org. and not because we need a number, but it's good to know because he wants to recognize every high school that's there. So all the kids process in before the bishop, but if we miss a high school. We, we would hate to do that. So right, we want right. to make sure that we have um, all the names of all the high schools represented. represented. Mm-hmm. So That's, what time is that at? That is at 6 p.m. All right. On May 18th, which Those is a really Thursday. Those are nice. I've yeah. been to a few of them myself. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Then our high school students graduate the next day um, 
on the 19th. Okay, right. We've, we've separated the graduation from the baccalaureate mass just in the recent the, years, yeah, 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 yeah. Another cool thing that's going over there, because I love sports. I, I very much am a sports fan, and I hear that our track team over at St. Justice is doing really well, which your son participates. Yes, yes. They go to the district championship on Thursday of this week, I believe it is. And then, that's awesome. um, yeah, our four by our relay teams, the girls and the boys teams, seem to be doing really well this year. So they're expected to make it to state and do really well. So I think they're ranked one or two in state right now. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And, I mean, our girls' basketball team went to the state semifinals this year. So our athletics are really on the move. So, No kidding. <laughs> it's exciting to it's, watch it's been, I've It's been fun for me to watch the programs grow and excel. Um, I'm particularly excited about the volleyball program because yeah. my daughter loves that and basketball. My my uh, middle schooler Dottie's loving the basketball program too. So that's pretty exciting. Well, and I've been privileged to have all five of Pam's Children in class. I was thinking about Have that today. I really? had I had Lee in yearbook. Yes, and I had Mary in journalism, and I had Thomas in SAT prep. And this year, I have Annie in technology and Dottie in keyboarding, which I may be missing right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yes, Patty. that's pretty cool. Yeah, what a blessing. I know. And St. Joseph, uh, actually, you could say in a roundabout way, made Patty and I friends. Yes. Uh, our boys became friends, um, gosh, third, fourth grade, about. Yeah, yeah Jake started yeah. at St. Joseph in fourth grade. so Right, and um, just developed these really close family ties. Now the boys are grown in college, and yeah. us parents still get together. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guys have kind of flown the coop, but yeah. the parents are still together. Well, and Boy Scouts, too, through that oh, um, yes, Troop 383 there. At Saint, and so they are, there's six, what, six Eagle Scouts from that class? From a lot. Jake and Thomas's class. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the most prolific Eagle Scout producing troops in the area, I understand. Yeah. That's but, pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, we got about five more minutes before we go to a break. So I want to talk about, too, just briefly about the St. Joseph Parish Festival that's oh, coming yes. up. Do you know much about that? Well, I know it's on the 7th okay. of May, and um, I'm sure they're taking donations for the silent auction and so on. But Anyone want to buy raffle tickets? We got there raffle go. tickets, of mm-hmm. course, and um, for a lot of um, gift certificates, you can't give cash away. But oh yes, of course, <laughs> but, um, it's always a lot of fun. You know, it's a big family building opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, well, one of the things I noticed, of course, it was near and dear to my heart, was in the bulletin that says they have the book nook. So, oh, if yes. you have some gently used books that you'd like to donate, just take them and drop them off at the parish office. Because, you know, as, as Matthew Kelly says, you know, tell me the books you've read this year and I'll tell you the person you're becoming, you know. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, I have a few I could probably donate to, to the office. Well, I have a few waiting on my list to be read, but, yeah. you know, well, I always what, like to pick up a good deal at the book nook, too. No kidding. And plants. They have uh, beautiful plants. Oh, that's always a big one, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. And and my kids never outgrow the ring top. You know, they, they come home with all these two liters of soda. Okay. Oh, that's great. It's fun. Well, there's some other things going around on this week, even. We've got um, a ladies' evening of reflection. Yes. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about that. That's sponsored by um, uh, Regnum Christi, and Allison Sullivan will be our speaker. And at this very moment, her topic just flew out of my head. So I don't. But if you haven't heard Allison speak before, she's it, quite a dynamic speaker, yes, very yes, engaging. So come out and listen. And I guess there will be, will there be confessions in Mass as well? Yes, yes. We'll mm-hmm. have Mass as well. It starts at uh, 7 o'clock at St. Joseph Church. 
Well, I'll, I'll be unable to attend the encounter. I have RSCP to, to go to a Blaze Ministries benefit dinner, which is also happening on Thursday night yes. as well. There's Very a, busy. Yeah, it's hard to find a night or a weekend that isn't scheduled between now and the end of school. I think. Right, so. right. It's, it's exciting time. I mean, yeah. spring is always pretty busy. But yeah. How about that? Graduating seniors, entering pre-K. Yes. And kindergarten folks. Well, I, I filled out my registration for St. Joseph Catholic School next year and for the last time. Oh, Patty, <laughs> I just, ouch. I just I had this big lump in my throat. I'm like, oh, please. No, no. Never again. That's it. So, wow, that's yeah, hard to imagine. I'll be a senior next year. So that's exciting. But no, no yeah, way. It's yeah. exciting. You look back at those old yearbooks and those, how those kids have grown up together. I know. That's really cool. I love yeah. watching you post those pictures on the Facebook page. Uh, let's see if there's any more we want to talk about. I want to mention that we are going to be discussing a little bit of Father Gately's book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told. But the highlight will be The Diary of St. Faustina. And I'm hoping that today, and when we come back after the break, we'll give you a little bit more insight into uh, Faustina the Saint and every th- this devotion during her devotion coming up. Um, it's very much related to John Paul II, to Our Lady of Fatima, and what she said with the 100-year anniversary. How about that? And we're doing something pretty fun on the anniversary, too. Our Lady's Brunch will be actually on the anniversary, the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima over at St. Thomas Aquinas. It's Our Lady's Brunch, uh, sponsored by St. Thomas Aquinas and the Ladies of Regan Christi. And their speaker is, I believe, the national leader for the Society of Our Lady of Fatima, which is, I, I'm her, I'll look up her name, though, so we'll have it when we get back from the break. But that's coming up on May the 13th, and we're currently looking for table sponsors. Uh, so if you're interested, you can call the church office or email ourladiesbrunch at gmail.com, and that's L-A-D-Y-S brunch at gmail.com. Hey, and I'd also like to say that anyone in the Central Texas that's hearing things about us in the uh, southern end of the Brazos Valley, if you would like your events highlighted or it's spoken about at the beginning of Red Sea Roundup, please email us at roundup at redsearadio.org. It's red, the letter C, radio.org. So once again, roundup at redsearadio.org. Let us know and we will put you on the phone or we can even talk about your events at the beginning of Roundup because that's what we are doing is Everything to do with the Brazos Valley, Central Texas, anything with our local communities we want to highlight on this show. Absolutely. And you know what, now, Dennis, now that you're saying that, maybe we should link a couple of the parishes to our resource page as well. Yeah, they're already there. They're already there. So if you go to our resource page, you go to our Central Texas area churches, and you have a link to every single church that is in our listening area uh, there, right there on that webpage. Oh, see, I missed that. Yeah. I guess I'm just still going to the Brazos, well, to the Bryan College Station one. Yep, then. we've got them there. Oh, see, I need to expand my mind a yeah. little bit, so broaden our horizons. Indeed. Okay. Well, I am very excited to come back after the break. We're going to be talking with Patty Blazik on Faustina, the historical um, situations around the Divine Mercy uh, Novena and Devotion, and we'll be back after this break.
And welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. We are so excited to have both Pam Marvin and Patty Blazak here in the studio today to talk about one of their favorite devotions as well as one of our family's favorite, the Divine Mercy. And uh, Pam, take it away. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis, for like coming back from the break for me. Appreciate that. Well, um, I kind of want to start off. I was pulling up today's um, novena intention, and I wanted to kind of say that on air. Just um, so if people have not been exposed to um, this novena itself, they can see just exactly how amazingly beautiful um, these words from Christ that He gave to Faustina were. So for today's intentions, and also I want to dedicate our show to this as well, is um, it says, Today, bring me the souls of those who have separated themselves from the church and immerse them in the ocean of my mercy. During my bitter passion, they tore at my body and heart that is my church. As they return to unity with the church, my wounds heal and this way they alleviate my passion. Wow. It's so beautiful. Each day is just really profound and touches my heart in such a deep, deep way. And I'm so thankful for this message. Well, I think one of the things that I learned so much from Faustina is that we have the capacity to console Christ. He's the consoler. So how yeah. can miserable me console Christ? Just Knowing that has changed a lot of the way that I pray and my conviction that I need to pray every day so that I can console Christ who suffers for us and, and suffered for us so and true. suffers with us. You know, that, that's, that's very um, affirming and very convicting and empowering almost that we can be there with G- He consoles us and we console him. Yes, yep. that's so closely tied to John Paul II's encyclical on redemptive suffering. Yeah. Too, very, very closely. I think, you know, as he was such a tremendous dev- devotee of Faustina's. So I want to start a little bit with a little bit of the history, too, um, to back up to say I was like, I only found this out through um, some of Father Gately's writings and audio CDs that he was actually Bishop of Krakow during the time that she was a nun and um, in the convent having those, would you call them locutions? What, what, what do they actually call them? Um, well, I guess conversations so. yeah, with Christ. Conversations with Christ. Because, I mean, even before she entered the convent, she saw um, Jesus suffering in mm. the, the wounded Christ with the, um, you know, in his passion. He appeared to her, I think she was at a dance or something, and told her that, why are you waiting? You need to go now. And she, she just left. Wow. So throughout her life, she um, Jesus appeared to her. Jesus spoke to her and commanded her to write down, mm-hmm. you know, his will for the divine mercy to be brought forward. And that he wanted the message of his mercy because that's what can save souls even at the end of their life, just before they die. Unredemptive souls if, if we intercede for them with and ask for his mercy. So, but Mary also appeared to her. Wow. So, I mean, and other souls would appear to her and ask for her, you know. Well, just to give our listeners an idea of like the time period that she, that Faustina lived, I think she was, I know she died in 1938 at the age of 33. Yes. Right. So she um, was an early um, 
20th century saint. So she's considered a modern day saint. And, and wasn't it John Paul II who brought forward her case for canonization? Yeah, right? he actually yeah, he canonized, canonized her. her in the Jubilee year 2000. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that she was the first one. It was like a culmination. It's all, it was just all part of God's divine plan. But this ocean of mercy they talked about um, really started. I, I find it so so amazing. I mean, God, I'm always blown away. My littleness um, about the message at Fatima was really kind of an entrance into a lot of this, and that was in 1970. Well, Faustina was already around in 1917. Yes. But um, John Paul was aware of everything that the three secrets of Fatima were. Um, and the key component there that I think ties him not only to Faustina, but to Mercy, was in the secret uh, of Fatima, it was said that he would actually die, but he did not. Yeah. Well, even our current Pope is, I mean, he proclaimed last year is the year of mercy. So what do we hear from Pope Francis over and over again, too? Mercy, mercy to the poor, compassion and mercy. Right. You know, God is mercy. God is mercy and love itself. I know. And one of the things I do love about Faustina, too, and the the imagery of the ocean of mercy, to submerge yourself in the ocean of mercy I don't know about you, but I love the beach. I mean, I really enjoy it. We've shared times at the beach, Patty and I and our mm-hmm. other friends. Um, but it really, really made a difference. I mean, that, that visual is so beautiful, the ocean of mercy, you know, to to let it just wash over you, that forgiveness and that love. Because that's what Christ wants for us. He really wants us to come to him with contrite hearts and to be cleansed uh, of our sins by just loving him and, and letting him love us through his mercy. I, I like the imagery too of of childlike um, humility and trust. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. Of course, is the theme and the mantra throughout. Jesus, mm. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And sometimes I was telling a friend recently that I feel like I give lip service to Jesus, I trust in you, and I I say yes, and I'm going to trust this situation. I throw it up there into into the prayer world and hope it lands where it needs to. That's not real trust. That's that's trust with oh I hope that I hope it makes it hope hope this works out yeah but I'm, you know that does not console the heart of Jesus that is not what he wants he wants us to trust him and over and over again Faustina is told to have childlike trust and to snuggle into the heart of Jesus oh, can you imagine that. snuggling up to the heart of Jesus Mm-mm, that and imagery just, yeah just ocean just, of mercy snuggling in the heart of Christ and Mary tells her. Also, because Mary spoke to her as well and told her to snuggle into her. She would wrap her mantle around her, and she wants her to snuggle into her immaculate heart. How beautiful. Oh, my goodness. You know, well, you know I'm glad you mentioned that about trust, because in Father Gately's book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told, he starts off with a ca- quote from the Catechism, and I, I'm trying to get as close as possible as I can. But it, it begins to say that in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve— hid from God after he said to come out, it was the first time that in human history that humans didn't trust God. They were so fearful. They had forgotten who he was and how merciful he was. And so it all does start with trusting in God the Father and in his plan. But in our human weakness, we are so fearful of pain and suffering, which Christ teaches us, no, 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 it's redemptive. It's beautiful. Look at me on the cross. Look at this Easter season. It's how beautiful timing for all of it. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, and in reflecting on, on that and the childlike trust, I was thinking about my own father and how it was so easy for me to trust him as a child when I was mm. little. I remember driving home in a storm, you know, more than once from my grandparents over the over the river and through the woods, <laughs> so to speak. It was the backcountry roads right. from my grandparents, and my mom would be worried or whatever, or, you know, be mad at him because she didn't think we had enough gas to get home or whatever. And and I never, I don't remember ever worrying at all. I remember very distinctly sleeping with my head in my mother's lap and my feet in my dad's lap and waking up when the when the blinker went on because we, there was no stoplight or, you know, we just went through these little towns. And the first, we had one stoplight in my hometown. And that's when I, I'm like, oh, we're home safely. Mm, and just, beautiful. and I never, I he never gave me cause not to trust him. Mm-hmm. So has God ever given me cause not to trust him? No. So why do why would I hold back that trust? Yeah, it's called yeah. original sin. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, we'll be battling it, that. Yes, but uh, anyway. So just, so see on the more of the historical part. So again, let's frame it for our listeners that here she was. She she died in 1938. Um, she went through quite a rough time when she was. In she the was, convent, she was sick most of the time that she was in. She had tuberculosis. I can't say it. Tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Yeah. Yes, and so she suffered physically uh, tremendously. Mm-hmm. But some of the nuns thought she was faking, or you know, trying to get out of work, and and they made fun of her. And and she it took her a long time to figure out who she was supposed to talk to about these visions and and what she was hearing from Christ and trying to advance the divine mercy. Um, you know, prayer and, right. and devotion because um, not everyone believed her. And so God gave her inspiration on who she should talk to and who she should trust and who she should be obedient to and when to pull back and when to move forward. And, and I mean, she, he was her constant companion. So right. Jesus was so. That's beautiful. Yeah. One of the things that, um, that I learned as well from the Gately book was about her spiritual. I believe it was her spiritual guide or confessor, and I, I was, I was thinking, I need, I need Kaka to tell me how to pronounce his name. It's, it was Father. There is a pa- Michael Sopak. Sopak. It's like S O L O A C K. Do you know how to say it, Dennis? I believe it's Sopachka. Sopachka. Okay, so. He is actually blessed right now. And when I was reading about him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. So what he did with his own money, he financed getting the pamphlets together about the novena for divine mercy. So at this time, um, Faustina was really on her deathbed. She was about to leave the world. And he financed with his own, made 50 pamphlets and started to to spread them around the pre-war Poland, which, as you, as everyone knows, the history, the carnage was unbelievable. Um, and this little priest, with his pamphlet spread throughout the country and surrounding areas, started to relieve the hearts of many faithful by being able to to spread this novena. It was quite beautiful. Yeah, it says in her diary at the back, there's a picture of him, and he was beatified in 2008. And then her regular spiritual director and confessor who prepared her for death was Father Andres. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. A-N-D-R-A-S-Z. So, um, wow. So, but going back to how the novena got spread, mm -hmm. it was, um, she was very obedient to Christ. She dictated the novena. 
this beautiful priest then starts with his own money to get the pamphlets distributed in uh, the pre-war era in Poland in that area. And she was to um, start a convent as well, start an order of nuns, which was never um, started in her lifetime, but I believe they're in existence today. But um, even down to, she wrote out the whole order in in her diary and, and um, per the dictates of Christ. Wow. Even down to what they should wear and the rules of living in community. She saw the community in her mind and God gave her that gift to see it, but he, he, she was not able to live mm-hmm. long enough to see it come into existence. But yeah. So I think we have a kind of a good picture on the historical side of Faustina. So do you have any idea like about like, okay, so she, you're holding her, her diary right now. I know it's been a very favorite of yours and you, and we're going to talk about it now, but do you know about how long it was a period of time that she composed all of this? Roughly, well, her diary starts at the beginning of her t- entering into the convent, and it was in the early thirties, I think. Late so 20s. probably up until her death. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a constant um, pursuit of hers because right. she was commanded to. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking um, of, but the like, they're like even. Um, Rome was not for it, you know. Mm, that, so. Skeptical, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. As this well, mother should be. Prudent. You know, prudent. Let's call prudent. it prudence. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't just, everything that comes along, say, okay, well, that, that sounds good. Let's do that. We wouldn't yeah. be a very prudent, very strong church. if. Well, yes, I have to kind of sidebar a second. I read this recently. I thought it was quite beautiful about the virtue of prudence. It says, if humility is the queen of all virtues, then prudence is the captain because if we are prudent, all the other virtues will fall in line. How about that? I love that. So, folks, practicing a prudence is really great because virtues will all fall in line after prudence. Yeah, that's one of her quotes. Virtue is without, it really? Virtue without prudence is no virtue at all. <laughs> Listen to that. Well, I want you to go ahead. And you were telling me before the show started about your daily devotion in the mornings. You have one favorite quote to start your daily offering with and i'd like for you to go ahead and read that now well yeah there's um it's uh paragraph number 79 it just seemed to me like a a good daily prayer so it's oh mary my mother and my lady i offer you my soul my body my life and my death and all that will follow it i place everything in your hands oh my mother cover my soul with your virginal mantle and grant me the grace of purity of heart soul and body Defend me with power against all enemies and especially against those who hide their malice behind the mask of virtue. O lovely Lily, you are for me a mirror, O my mother. That is so beautiful. You gotta say amen after that. Amen. Amen. That is so beautiful. Protection, defense, make me pure. Right. Mind, body, and soul. That is absolutely beautiful. I fall short. No, we all, yeah, we all do, but, right? <laughs> well, but it's a good goal. But the one thing I know, Christ delights in our perseverance and in our desire. He delights in that. Even though we do fall short, we can always go to his ocean of mercy. Because yeah. if we were perfect, we would have no need yeah. for his mercy. Well, that is one thing about, you know, whether it's Faustina or any other saint, if you're reading the lives of the saints, they all go through these dry periods where they don't feel the closeness of God or they feel very far away from him. I don't think I've read any saint story where they've just been holy and perfect. Right. It means Mother Teresa comes to mind. Yeah. Um, exactly, too. Yeah. 
that's part of it. I guess that's really part of our spiritual uh, purification. But one of the things that Father Gately talks about, too, that I love is, you know, we're all called to be saints. And he has this little passage um, where after Therese's death, because they were, she was just, just a bit of a precursor. So I think they were alive around the same time period, but she had died before um, by this time. But she appears to Faustina in a dream, and Faustina says, are you a saint? And she says, yes. And she says, will I be a saint? And she says, yes, as we are all called to be saints, that she had her priorities right, that she was desiring sainthood, which we all should. And and I think that this diary is one of those ways for us to really contemplate what Christ is asking of us. So you want to share with us some more of your, your favorite passages from the diary, Patty? Well, um, I think I mentioned already that uh, I really like the quotes about snuggling close to the Sacred Heart, but um, there's a couple in particular, and I have them written down, but I don't, I'll have to look them up in the book. I got this book as a gift from my sons for Christmas one year, and I set it aside. I said, oh, I know I've been meaning to read it, but it's so long, and I really can't, I don't really want to read it right now. And I finally picked it up, and and I haven't really put it down since, so... um, Anyway, number, let's see, number 104 comes to mind, paragraph number 104. Um, She says, what I have written is very poor compared to the reality. I cannot put into words, it's, um, this is a, um, her seeing the scourging and the um, passion of Christ. Um, it seemed to me that I had come back from the other world. I feel an aversion for everything that is created. I snuggle to the heart of God like a baby to its mother's breast. I see everything differently now. I am conscious of what the Lord, by one single word, has done in my soul, and I live by it. I shudder at the recollection of this past torture. I would not have believed that one could suffer so. I had not gone through it myself. This is completely a spiritual offering. Mm. So in our sufferings, you know, like a mother, we can snuggle into her breast and, and, and into his sacred heart. And um, I accepted, and this is another suffering, I, accept, I accepted it with submission to a higher will and snuggled closely to the most sacred heart of Jesus, letting him know that I was ready for whatever, um, for that which I had offered myself. Mm. This, There's, you know, as you read and as I've become more and more aware with Faustina, I do notice there's so many different devotions kind of woven through there. Um, I believe Holy Face comes up sometimes. And then, of course, the Sacred Heart and Blessed Mothers is huge as well, which as well it should be. Um, And I'm just so excited that this is the year of the anniversary of Fatima. Still, um, I think the message of mercy in that was so interwoven into what Faustina was saying. It was like just this culmination, the resonance or, or let's see the, the tenor, the voice of God's mercy was getting louder and louder and louder, you know, with Fatima and then Faustina and then, then the devotion in general is beautiful. It's amazing. Um, I'm a real lover of Les Mis also. Mm-hmm. And just the whole theme of mercy through that movie and how, you know, if you pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet at the time of, of you know, when someone's dying, um, that has the power, you know, God in his mercy will snatch that person from falling into hell. And in that movie, there's so many themes of where somebody's right on the precipice of, of you know, actually, and actually walking on a precipice and wondering, one man is asking, why have you been so merciful to me, Lord? And the other one is saying, 
I don't understand the mercy of this other person. How can I bear it? I can't. And so he's not allowing the mercy to happen to him. And so he chooses a bad path. And the other one accepts God's mercy. Mm. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and I see a lot of those themes in this book, too. And well, Patty, why do you think it is so difficult in our humanity for us to accept God's mercy? Is it, is it maybe the heart of us feeling unworthy? I think that's part of it, surely, because um, we're re- always reminded of our sin. Right. It's always before us. And, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You can say, well, how can a merciful God allow certain things to happen? That's certainly one thing that we struggle with in our lives. But the other is, how can a sinful me, you know, rank, you know, to get God's mercy? How, mm-hmm. how do, you know, are we... Um, I think we simply need to, to look at the cross... To remember our worthiness. Yes. I mean, especially, that's, I'm so very reminded of that during, you know, let's face it, I was having a conversation with a very dear friend, she knows who she is, about how very painful the Easter Triduum can be for us as we're reminded of the intense suffering our mm-hmm. Lord did for us, and it leaves us feeling so unworthy, but yet so in awe of thinking he believed we are worthy and so whenever we're feeling unworthy, we need only to look at the cross to see he says we are worth it. That's why I think the crucifix is so vital, not just a cross, but a crucifix so we can see the crucified Christ. Mm. Because, you know, he reminds, Faustina, he reminds all of us, what more could I do for you? I suffered in that. Not only, I mean, the suffering that he went through was physical, but it was also spiritual. It was emotional. He was abandoned. He was, you know spit on and and you know he's remained humble before Pilate he remained humble before Herod before all of his detractors and spoke you know he really didn't come to his own defense and he did that all for us mm-hmm. so what more could he do for us you know and and in his silence that gives me a lot of encouragement too when sometimes you're unjustly uh, accused of something or blamed for something or somebody gets the wrong idea about what you said or you're like, no, 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 I want to be understood. I want you to understand that, you know, or, or if you're suffering and, and you want somebody to understand I'm suffering, I don't need to be, you know, that's a great lesson too, that I don't need to be understood because God understands. So that know. was, I tell you what, there's a lot of interior freedom in that understanding that, you know, when you're persecuted or when you're spoken ill of unnecessarily and things like that, in your heart, you have to know Christ knows who you are. Mm-hmm. And there's so much freedom in that. Um, yeah. And he's always known who we are. And there's a, actually, I, I'd re- I've read this book three times and I just noticed it on this last reading that um, God, or Jesus remembered Faustina and thought about her when he was before Herod. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Really? Oh, okay. Because he's outside of space and time. I love to remind our listeners and myself that as well, that, you know, since our Lord is really outside of space and time and history, he is so very present with us now. And he, he, I I like to remind people that we were on his heart in the Garden of Gethsemane. We were on his mind when he received his cross with love. Like he desired to suffer for our salvation. He he was our hope. He is our hope. So it's quite beautiful. And this this devotion to divine mercy just, just resonates with it, how much he wants to to pour it on us. And 
and that you know that we wound his heart when we don't accept it mm. to me that's a big you know um, i'm sure i hurt people's feelings when i say things or am thoughtless or whatever but that i can actually hurt jesus's heart by not accepting mm. his mercy so true and, and i how many years have i spent and will spend not accepting his mercy because it's about me and my vanity and oh you know I worry more about what other people think than what Jesus thinks mm. so much of the time. And right, just right. knowing that he wants to pour it out on us. So and, much. Yeah. And I find so much comfort in the chaplet where it says, um, for the sake of a sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And there's a part of me that when I say on the whole world, that I truly feel more united in the body of Christ throughout all humanity. And I feel it, I do, I feel it's somewhat an honor and a privilege to be pray for the whole world in that way. And in that uh, chaplet is just so powerful. And I, it would be remiss if I didn't say what a great job that Drew Mariani does every day on, on Catholic radio with that and the countless, countless miracles that have happened um, just in praying this chaplet. So I really encourage everyone to, to pick that up if you if you uh, are feeling a, a desire to start saying the chaplet uh, every day at three. Um, sometimes I don't get the whole chaplet in, but I, I'll sure get a few for the sake of a sorrowful passion and have mercy on us and on the whole world. So profound. It is beautiful. That that's um, I don't always get to be in my car or listen to the radio at three o'clock because I'm still in school, but um, I do like the show and I like listening to it and I like praying it in union with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to pray it in the middle of the night, too. Um, oh, that's so, a good one. Yeah, I had um, a family member who died at about 3 o'clock in the morning recently, my mom's brother. and God rest uh, his soul. Yeah, we were, we were praying abundantly for, for him and, and wasn't sure where he was in his faith walk. I know he'd left the Catholic Church long ago. And, and so there were several of us praying the chaplain of divine mercy for him that night. And I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, I had prayed it going to sleep that night, and I just felt this peace come over me. And and that I heard from my cousin the next morning that was the hour that he died. And wow. so I just feel I feel very at peace for my, this uncle of mine. So the divine mercy is wondrous. Mm-hmm. And why would I not? You know, there was that instance where I wanted to panic and go, "Is he okay?" Of course, he's okay. Right. Jesus said he would be okay if we prayed the divine mercy. Um, chaplet for dying souls so he's he can be trusted so i shouldn't i know Lord my worry would our be trust my worry would wound jesus if right. i worried about it so yeah and you know i want to kind of get back a little bit i want to let you read Sorry. some more of your favorite <laughs> things but oh no um i the um the part that you were talking about earlier too is about increasing in the trust i think it's so important it's like what are some practical things that maybe faustina might have said to to help encourage us. And also the redemptive suffering aspect of it too is so amazing. Uh, yeah. She uh, basically, she calls herself suffering and, and sacrifice. I am mm. suffering and sacrifice. Mm. And so I am host. So right. she wants to pour in um, all of um, all of Jesus's suffering, take it upon herself and be there with Our Lady at the foot of the cross and, and um, have Our Lady wrap her mantle of, of compassion and 
around her shoulders as the two of them suffer with Christ. Um, to me, that's a real powerful image as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we relate a lot of our images to our earthly parents, you know, and, and family. So, um, you know, uniting that, you know, with, with my mother in heaven and my uh, blessed mother and, and that, um, I don't know, that gives me a lot of comfort too, but that's just, beautiful. just trusting, um, you know, that our failure to trust um, he's given us no reason not to trust. No reason. It's just our humanity that stops us short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, can you believe how fast the show's gone by? We've got about four or five minutes left. So I want to talk about um, with the, we're in the middle of the novena for Divine Mercy. Divine Mercy Sunday is this coming Sunday. Um, but to get all the indulgence that go with it, there are a few more things we need to do along with saying the novena. One of them I, I know is confession. And mass. And mass. Yes. Right. So get to confession and mass. You know, if you haven't been saying the novena, I think it's not too late. Christ is outside of space and time. Just go ahead and catch up and say it with sincere and contrite heart. Get to confession. um, Be at mass on this beautiful Divine Mercy Sunday. Sunday. Yep. And um, I don't know what else. I should know, but... I think that's most all of it. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Dennis is shaking his head over there in agreement that it is. So what a beautiful devotion. Now, do you know of any other books that um, are written about her story, maybe? I don't, really. I mean, they're they're in combination with other books like Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory. There's a section, I think, on... Is there a section on her? No, it's John Paul II. Well, John Paul II. Um, Oh, no, that's got got Colby, Maximilian Colby, and... I haven't really seen a lot because I've been taking so many notes. I'm like, I should compile all these notes. And Maybe put you're them supposed in to write the book, Patty. But I'm, <laughs> I'm really fascinated about all the appearances of Satan to her as well. Not that we want to delve into that, but Satan um, tempts her and, and takes her into the pit of hell and shows her the different levels of hell and how we will suffer. And, you know, that was one of the, the messages of Our Lady of Fatima mm-hmm. as well, which is coming up. So yeah. I think... You know, I mean, to me, it's fascinating in a positive way that we can spin this to say hell is very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's mercy is very real and it's bigger than hell. Yes. And he he tempts us. He tempts her so many times to say, give up, give up on the divine mercy. It's not going to go anywhere. Who are you to think that you could do this? And Ugh. and when, as soon as she starts believing it, she realizes this is Satan. And all she has to do is make the sign of the cross right. or say the name of Jesus. And he flees. And um but there's one interesting quote about Satan and that he can wear the cloak of humility, mm. but he cannot wear the cloak of obedience. So wow. he could pretend to be humble, but he cannot fake obedience. So um, being obedient to our call to prayer and to keeping that prayer time every day and, mm-hmm. and being, you know, it's hard to be obedient. It is. <laughs> Well, I just want to remind our listeners, if, you, if you're if you not currently saying the Novena, uh, the Divine Mercy Novena, just pick it up today. God's outside of space and time. He understands. The devotions are so very, very beautiful. It will touch your heart. And what a powerful uh, prayer time that would be to do all of them that you've missed. It started absolutely. on Good Friday. You're right. So. And culminating on Sunday, Sunday, the Divine, Divine Mercy. Mercy. So thankful for this, especially during um, the times that we're living in when there's so much turmoil and so much hatred and violence just 
uh, really vile types that you can't imagine human beings can do to one another. Um, I see this as, you know, the echoes from times past around the time of, uh, of uh, the World War or the Rwandan genocide, just that those atrocities that just you can't even imagine. Um, but we do believe that wherever the sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And I firmly believe that this devotion to God's mercy, um, as Faustina has so eloquently, eloquently put out in her diary, is 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 very timely now for this uh, last year, the year of mercy, but let's continuing it. Um, are there any t- certain ways that you live differently now since the year of mercy? Well, I'm just really continuing to on my journey to trust, ah, just uh, you know, trusting and and um, believing that um, if my earthly father could generate that kind of trust in me, how much more so can my heavenly father? So just trust, trust, give it to him, and and be content and not worry so much. So a, true. A dear friend told me, Patty, you're a worrier. I said, Oh, I am. Oh, pray, hope, and don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we can't just throw it up in the air and go, I hope that it gets there. We need to trust that that he has us in his hands and we can snuggle in close to his heart and trust that he cares for us. That's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you, my dear, sweet friend, Patty, for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) To talk about Faustina, the historical aspect, and the divine mercy devotion itself. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, Brazos Valley. Until next time, I'll see you on the radio. Go and love your neighbor.